you to take your Bibles if you have one, and let's go ahead and turn to the book of Proverbs. And uh, again, I'm not quite sure how familiar you are with the book of Proverbs, but the book of Proverbs is a book on wisdom, a lot of it for the family, and certainly a lot of good practical wisdom found in this book. And I'd like to begin with, a, again, a series of verses out of this book, and uh, something that uh, the Bible encourages us to learn from. And so we're going to start here in Proverbs chapter 24, and we're going to read in verse number 30. Again, Proverbs there towards the middle of your Bible, and certainly, again, a great book to study on a regular basis. But uh, Proverbs chapter 24, starting in verse number 30, the Bible says, I went by the field of the slothful, and by the, vine- the vineyard of a man void of understanding, And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles, and had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. When I saw it and considered it well, I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and they want as an armed man." We'll consider here this morning the damaging effects of neglect. The damaging effects of neglect. But let's pray as we consider this passage and some other passages from the Bible as we consider this thought here this morning. Again, thank you again, Lord, for today. Thank you again for this time we can meet again. Again, I ask for your blessings on this time that we meet. Again, we know that each one here uh, struggles at times with neglect. I I certainly do myself, and I ask, Lord, that you would again help us to see how uh, neglect can be uh, not a good force in our life, nor a good force in, in the lives of many people that, again, sadly neglect, especially the, the doctrine of salvation. Again, bless this time as we meet here again today. We thank you for it. Ask for your blessings. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. The damaging effects of neglect. You know, you see this illustrated here in the Bible in Proverbs chapter 24 where someone doesn't take care of their house or their vineyard and it mentions their, their vineyard in verse number 30 as being grown over thorns and nettles and whatever it might be. And again, if you don't tend to as a farmer, again, to your crops, so to speak, it's just going to be grown over and you're not going to see a, a good effect there. And uh, you find there also with this field of a, of this man, it mentions not only his field, but it also mentions a stone wall that was broken down uh, around his field, around his household. It doesn't really say exactly where it is. And and it mentions there, again, you should receive instruction from this. And again, we we can receive instruction from neglect. Neglect. The damaging effects of neglect. You know, I remember it wasn't that long ago, at least to me. I mean, 10 years passes so quickly these days. And I remember back being uh, in a particular house, remodeling a house, and I was just going to town on the house because, you know, sheetrock had to be torn down on the ceiling. And, and I looked up in the ceiling, and I just was going at it, so to speak, and tearing out sheetrock. And when I do that, I mean, uh, things come down and all that kind of things. And I, I noticed there were a lot of extra pieces of wood in there. And I just, I just don't like to see the clutter. If you're going to finish something, sometimes I'll, I'll clear out the clutter there. And it was in a basement setting. And and so I was clearing out some of the clutter down there. And, and uh, again, I seen some wood and I was tearing that out. And I, I seen uh, what appeared to be, you know, just a metal pipe kind of sticking out there. And I thought, 
you know, that needs to go too. And so I, I had my sawzall ready. Back in those days, i just take that sawzall and i cut this stuff out with that. And if you don't want a sawzall, it's basically a long saw like this with a, a long blade in it. And I, and I decide, hey, I'm going to cut that piece of metal out of there. It's just junk anyways. And I didn't neglect to see where it connected at all. And I, didn't neg I neglected to see it was capped. And guess what happened? I got water all over me. I had to call the plumber. So I didn't have anything with me. I didn't have anything to fix it. I didn't have anything to do anything with it. But then I got to go over and turn off the water because I knew how to turn off the water. And I had destroyed something that didn't need to be destroyed or fixed. But uh, when it comes to neglect, sometimes we neglect or we forget to do certain things or we, we don't do certain things because, you know, we don't think it's needful. You know, my son often reminds me sometimes, we work together sometimes now at, in, in uh, remodeling and fixing things, he says, Dad, slow down. Dad, slow down. Why is that sometimes? Because sometimes I'll, I'll just be clipping away, cutting away, and getting rid of things, and sometimes I'll damage something along the way. Dad, you ran into that window trim. Ah, it's not the Taj Mahal. That's what a friend of mine will say. It's not the Taj Mahal. So it'll be nicked, or something will happen there, because sometimes we just go too fast. You know, we, we sometimes neglect not because we, we willfully want to, but sometimes things are needful for us to do. You know, the Bible talks about the subject of neglect. It doesn't talk about it a lot. It doesn't talk about it in so many places, but the verses that deal with it are notable verses in the Bible. And so there are six references to this word in the Bible. I'd like to turn to just two of them here this morning. I want to turn to the New Testament, to 1 Timothy chapter 4, the damaging effects of neglect. You know, in, in a case where, again, you, you, you do something maybe that you shouldn't do or you neglect to do something that you, you should do, some of the effects are sometimes minimal, but sometimes they are very damaging. I mean, how many people have left a tool outside? And then it rained on it. And maybe, I mean, I, I found, I mean, we have a little woods around our house. I found hammers out there. I found pliers out there. I found all kinds of things out there. And, and sometimes I remember, oh, you know what? I was clipping with this clipper. I forgot to pick it up. And you'll see rust on it. And you'll just wipe the rust away. And there's really not that much damage done. But there are sometimes damaging effects to neglect. And I want to talk about that here today. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 14. One of those verses that deal with the subject of neglect is found here in 1 Timothy in the New Testament, chapter 4, verse 14, where the Bible says, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which is given thee by prophecy, by the laying hand of the presbytery. And I want to read on from there. Again, this is Paul writing to Timothy. He says, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that they profiting may appear unto all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this thou shalt save thyself and them that hear thee. Neglect. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. That's an important neglect in the Bible that the Bible does talk about. And we're going to talk about that here. Don't, don't neglect whatever spiritual gift is given to you. There's another neglect found in the New Testament. Just go forward here. A uh, couple of books here. You go to the book of Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. And, 
And in verse number one through verse number three, there's another uh, neglect that's found here in the scriptures. And it's mentioned here in Hebrews chapter two, verse number three. But let's start verse number one. It says, therefore, you ought to give the more earnest, earnest heed to those things which ye have heard, lest at any time you should let them slip. For if the word spoken by the angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? Here's another important neglect in the Bible. There's the first one that we looked at, neglect not the gift that is in thee. It's not good for us to neglect the gift that is in thee because what's the result of that? That there won't be the profit that could come from using that gift. Hebrews chapter 2 mentions a neglect here also, and it mentions uh, not to neglect that great salvation. You know, of all the things that people neglect in life, I'd have to say that's probably on too many people's lists. Too many people's lists. Ignoring... God's salvation. A gift and God's salvation. But before we get into what, again, the dangers of neglect are here to a large degree, I want to consider a definition of neglect. A definition of neglect, and you can look this up if you want, is to omit by carelessness or design something. Neglect is to omit by carelessness or design something. Neglect also is defined as to forbear to do or to postpone or omit doing something one should do. I mean, there are all kinds of things sometimes we neglect. And again, I'm not here to beat you down today, but I'm encouraging you not to neglect. You know, families and fields and all kinds of things, if they're neglected, they'll come to ruin or there'll be damage that comes as a result of that, a student that doesn't study for a test, he neglects his study, is going to see his grades not go well. Somebody that isn't financially wise and neglects their financial house, so to speak, might see their household fall down. Neglect can be damaging. And so I want to talk about that here this morning. But as we think about neglect, I want, to under, I want us to consider maybe, at least to some extent, why do people neglect? Why do people neglect? Again, I'm just going to spend just a few moments on this. Why do people neglect? Some people neglect because they're just somewhat indifferent towards the situation or towards the need. Let's turn, if you would, to Acts chapter 17. You know, someone might neglect something because you just don't really see it as a high priority. And, and certainly, again, there are times when we have to neglect some things because, you know, other things need to take priority. A lot of times in the fall of the year, I look around and I think, I try to think, now, now what I have to do before it gets cold? Now, if I was in Missouri or Texas or whatever, it might not matter, you know, when it comes to those things. But I try to think about what are some things I need to do before it gets cold? You know, there might be something that needs to be fixed. There might be something that needs to be thrown away. There might need something uh, that needs to be worked on or whatever it might be, you know. If a door doesn't close on the house, it needs to be fixed. I need to fix the latch. I mean, whatever it might be, I need to work on it. 
But we can sometimes be indifferent when it comes to neglect. We see this in the Bible. Let's turn to Acts chapter 17. And uh, in Acts chapter 17, you have Paul delivering the message of salvation to some folks that had never really heard about it before. Uh, they were, again, very superstitious. They were religious. They liked to, to get together and talk about a lot of different spiritual matters. And they worshiped in so many different ways. And uh, picking up at verse number 22, and then I'm going to skip through a lot of verses here. But Acts chapter 17, verse number 22, it says, And Paul stood up in the midst of Mars Hill, and he said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that you are in all things too superstitious. No, these individuals, they were worshiping all kinds of things. They had all kinds of superstitions. They had all kinds of religion. And they were worshiping, again, the Bible says there, verse number 23, to an unknown God. And so Paul begins to explain the creator God and who he is and our responsibilities to him and that we should happily seek after him because we're, he's not very far from any one of us. And then we pick up and see the response to his message. Again, I want to read just a few verses going into that, but... Let's pick up in verse number 29. It says, For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought to not to think of the Godhead as like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art of man's device. And at the times of this ignorance, God winked it, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Because he appointed a day in which he, hath, uh, he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given him assurance unto all men that he raised him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. Others said, we'll hear thee again on this matter. So Paul departed from among them. It goes on and says, Howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed among whom was Dionysus the Aphrodite and a woman of, named Amaris and others with them. You know, all these individuals heard a message about salvation. The response was not the same. There were some, again, that plainly were indifferent to the message. I mean, when I talk about indifferent, it wasn't just a standard indifference. Again, verse number 32, the Bible says some mocked. It doesn't say what they said. I guess it's not important. God would have told us if it was important. But they, they just mocked the message of the resurrection. Like, like the fact that someone could rise from the dead. They just mocked at that. There's just no way that could be. And so they mocked that message. And then there were some, the Bible says there in that verse, it says, and others said, we'll hear thee again on this matter. There are others that said, you know, we don't quite get this. We don't understand this. We'll listen to you again. And so when it comes to neglect, there's sometimes people that are just indifferent. And certainly there are different levels of indifference to the message of God. There's some that are ignorant. In this case, we say some, we just don't know that much about this matter. We just heard this today. Then they acknowledge, and so they neglected. We will hear the again, and so they were open to be taught on this matter. And some, of course, believed. Verse number 24, and we're happy for those that believed. It mentions Dionysus and Damaris and others with them. You know, when it comes to neglecting the message of salvation, some will hear it, some will receive it, and some will neglect it. There's just, again, different kinds of neglect and different ways and reasons why people reject. And 
I'd say sometimes it's because of some level of indifference. Sometimes it's because of ignorance. Sometimes it's just because of we're just idle sometimes and procrastinate. We'll look at things kind of like pa kettle. It'll just be another day. <laughs> Not today. Someday. You know, that's okay with a lot of things. You know, material things. It doesn't matter sometimes if something's fixed or whatever it might be. There's some things time, sometimes things that are more important than that. Let's turn to John chapter 7, if you would. Again, just backing up here a little bit in your Bibles. John chapter 7. Sometimes we neglect because of indifference. Sometimes we neglect out of ignorance. Sometimes we neglect because, you know, others are doing it. Others do it. Uh, you know, if, if others do it, then maybe we feel more comfortable not doing it or not partaking in it. John chapter 7, verse 48, it says, Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed on him? You know, sometimes when it comes to salvation or whatever it might be, uh, it, it's just we look around and say, well, there's nobody else is doing this. There's nobody else is following this. Nobody else is using their gift, so I don't need to use my gift. Nobody else is accepting salvation, so I don't need to accept salvation. You know, when it comes to neglect, it can be damaging. It can be outright dangerous. Let's turn to Ezekiel chapter 33. When is neglect dangerous? Now, people maybe don't want to talk about this, but the reality is it can be dangerous. You know, I seen just yesterday, and I, I've never seen this before, but I went to visit my mom in the nursing home. I've only seen this twice in my lifetime. I saw it with my dad, and I saw it uh, yesterday. As I was in my room, just with my mom, just chatting with her, I seen someone come across in a bag, a body bag. They were carrying someone else out of the nursing home who had just died. And I thought to myself as, as, as they went out, and it kind of uh, took me a little while to think about all these things, but I thought, where did this person go when it comes to eternity? Where did they go? I mean, the body and the bag are leaving. This guy dressed in a nice suit, you know, which is someone from a funeral home somewhere, is carrying this person out. A nurse is along the side, a CNA or someone is there alongside, and they're carrying this person out, and they're rolling them out in the elevator, and they're leaving, and they're never going to be around, and they're not going to be in this nursing home, but where, where did they go? Where, where did they go? I mean, their body's there, but where's their soul? Where's their spirit? And I thought about that, and I thought, wow, I wonder how many people like that leave life. Knowing, honestly, and I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but once you enter a nursing home, death is staring you a lot of times in the face. It's not going to be long for some of those folks before they die. And some will live longer in the nursing home. And I think about my mom in the nursing home. It uh, was shared to me this week. Again, and I didn't like to hear. It was actually quite shocking this week that the nurse said, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I think your mom has less than six months to live. Your mom has six months to live. And I, I think about that. You know, we don't think about those things unless they face us face to face. 
But you know, sometimes it's very damaging and dangerous to neglect. And so, again, we find this thought given us to us in Ezekiel chapter 33. If someone hasn't prepared for eternity, there's no time to prepare for eternity after you die. Your, your time to prepare is now and it's before that time. In fact, you'll see that here in Ezekiel 33. Let's pick up in Ezekiel. Again, this is again towards the middle of your Bible. Uh, and again, one of the major prophets there. But uh, we want to begin by reading Ezekiel chapter 33. It's important not to neglect in spiritual matters. You know, financial matters and material matters and a lot of different other matters won't matter someday. You know, whether a shovel again doesn't get pulled out of the rain, it's not going to matter someday. But if we neglect our soul, it will matter someday. Ezekiel 33, verse number 1, it says, Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon a land, and if the people of that land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchmen, if when he seeth the sword come to the land, he bloweth the trumpet and warned the people. Then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and he took not warning. His blood shall be upon him, but he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come and Blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned. If the sword come, and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his own iniquity, but his blood will be upon, will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth, and warn them from me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die, if thou does not speak to warn the wicked man of his way. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at thy hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. He goes on there and says, let's just read a few more verses. It says, therefore, O son of man, speak to the house of Israel. Thus he speaks, saying, if our transgressions and our sins be upon us and we pine away in them, how should we then live? Say unto him, as I live, saith the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye. Turn ye from an evil way, for why will you die, O house of Israel? And we find again here in the Bible, again, some scriptures that deals with a watchman. And a watchman had a very important responsibility, and that was to warn the individuals of a city or town or whatever it might be if there's danger coming. I mean, his responsibility was to warn them. And you say, how was he to warn them? He was to make it very clear that there was an issue there. He was to take up his trumpet and sound a trumpet. So not only would he be warned, but whoever was coming to the city would also, in a sense, be warned because there's a watchman there and the people are to take warning. It says there in verse number four, that whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet, then taketh not warning, the sword come and take him away. His blood shall be upon his own. 
head. You know, the Bible teaches us here in this passage of Scripture, the watchman was to warn. And again, it mentions here specifically that Ezekiel was called to warn. And he warned them so that they may not neglect the warning, the message of the watchman to maybe hide or maybe to seek refuge or whatever it might be at that time. And the watchman's responsibility was simply to warn them. And the watchman's responsibility, Ezekiel's, again, uh, again, responsibility was, let's read it in verse number seven. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman on the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of, a, of my mouth and warn them from me. The watchman was to warn people as a voice from God. The responsibility of, a, of Ezekiel was to warn the responsibility of the watchman was to warn, and the responsibility of a Christian is to warn. Let's turn to Acts chapter 28. Acts chapter 28. Now there's some that will say, you know, maybe things along the lines, uh, you know, find whatever religion fits you. No, I won't say that as a Christian. I won't say that as a Christian. And someone says, why would you say that? As a Christian, because the Bible says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's only one way to heaven to Jesus. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one way to the Father. It's through Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 28, we looked at Acts chapter, again, uh, 17. Acts chapter 28, we see Paul, again, here in a situation where he's, Again, in Rome now, and he's in a place where he's preaching again, and you'll see again kind of the same general, again, responses to the message, but let's read them nonetheless. In Acts 28, verse number 23, he was talking to them about Christ and the things of the Word of God. In verse 23, it says, And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him, to his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified of the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both of the uh, law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening. You know, that's a long time he spent with them. I've never spent that many, much time with anyone. Not one person. Not from morning till evening trying to explain the word of God to them, but Paul did this. And he talked, I'm sure, about the resurrection. And he talked about salvation. And he talked about the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. They talk about that pole probably in Egypt there where, and, uh, and how they lifted up this serpent in Egypt. Whoever looked and lived would receive forgiveness of sins and, for, and, get, and find life. But you find, again, the response to his message is he talked to them from the law and the prophets. And it says they, they talked to them, persuading them about who? Jesus, the Messiah. Verse 24, and some believed the things that were spoken, and some believed not. Some believe and some believe not. It's sad, but some will believe and some will believe not. It's not a matter of predestination. It's a matter of persuasion. It's a matter of a, a choice. It's a matter of someone, again, taking heed to the things that they hear. You know, the trumpet can sound warning, and it might sound weird there in the Bible, but Ezekiel 33, some will hear the warning, and they'll not take heed to it. And there'll be some others that take warning and they will take heed to it. It's not a matter of uh, 
of uh, not getting warned sometimes is a matter sometimes of just not listening to the warning. And so we see, first of all, I want to consider the danger of neglecting salvation. The danger of neglecting salvation is uh, the result of that could be you or your loved one dying and going to a place called hell. Let's turn to John chapter 12. Someone says, "Ah, what does it matter about those guys that believe not? In these passages of Scripture in Acts 17 and over there in Acts chapter 29, what does it matter whether they believe or they believe not? Is there anything to that? Does it matter? Do you have to believe? Or is God such a loving God? He allows everybody and anybody into heaven. Acts chapter 12 and verse number 48, He can allow anybody and everybody into heaven that's forgiven. That's received grace. And that's received eternal life. That's heard the warning. That's listened to the trumpet. John chapter 12, verse 48, it says, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judges him. The word that I have spoken, the same would judge him at the last day. He that rejecteth me. Did people reject Jesus? Yeah. A lot of people did. Turn back to John chapter 1. You know, people, I, I think, kind of get, and I don't know how we get this, but it's maybe kind of a Christian mindset from a lot of people. But people, uh, kind of, I think a lot of people believe that Jesus was well-received, except for, like, at the very end. And, and they think that, you know, Jesus had all kinds of people believe on him and, and uh, follow him and all those kind of things. But you'll notice here in John chapter 1 here, in verse number 1 through verse number 12, that not so many Jews received him. In fact, it mentions that most Jews rejected him. In verse number 11, it says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You know, he came to the Jews, and there's a lot of Jews that didn't receive him. Just like the Gentiles there, there were a lot of different places. You find, again, preaching about the Word of God, and you look in your New Testament, you're like, Jews had nothing to do with them. None of the rulers had believed on him. So why should you believe him? Let's turn to Ezekiel chapter 33. There's a danger to warning, but there also is a... A, again, a positive side to a warning that takes place. If a warning is given concerning salvation or a warning is given to maybe, in a sense, uh, protect yourself because, you know, the enemy is approaching or you could be destroyed. We, we like to hear a warning. I, I appreciate when the sirens go off in town if there's a tornado warning. I appreciate, again, if you're in a place and there's some kind of warning or sounding that takes place. Ezekiel chapter 33, verse number 5, it says, let me read verse 4 again there. It says, Then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, the sword uh, come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. His blood shall be upon him, but he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. No, it's in your court in everyone's court to be able to deliver their soul. They can't deliver their soul by their righteousness. They cannot deliver their soul by, again, maybe trying to be religious or whatever it might be. 
But uh, they can deliver their sword by turning from their iniquity. Verse number nine, it says, Nevertheless, if, they, if, you, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, and if he uh, do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. You've done the right thing. The Christian's done the thing, right thing to warn, to witness, to sound the trumpet, to speak. Again, that's our, our responsibility. Let's turn, if you would, to the New Testament. Do you, do you understand what the responsibilities as a Christian is to be a witness for the truth? A witness that tells other people that you have been saved and that they too indeed need to be saved? People don't just get saved because they're Americans or they're born in a Christian home. First Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse number 9 you must believe yourself. Each person must individually believe. Each person must receive the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9, it says, For they themselves show us what manner of entering in we had unto you, how, we, how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. You know, hearing about God, whether it's the Athenians or those at Rome or those today or those in the place like here in the Bible of Thessalonica and Macedonia, they turn to God from their idols to serve the living and true God. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? We won't escape. Turn to Proverbs chapter 1. I mean, warnings. I mean, uh, again, I, I, I mean, if you see some kind of a warning sign, I've, you know, sometimes you approach a building and you'll find a warning sign, do not enter. And you say, well, why not enter? Well, maybe it's protected for whatever reason. Maybe something happened there. Maybe, again, approaching that facility would be dangerous if you stepped in. And so we'll look at warnings and, and we'll see, again, banners. And sometimes we'll see posters and all those kinds of things that will take heed to them. What happens if you don't take heed? Proverbs chapter 1 says this, verse 24, Because I called and ye refused. I stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye said it not, all my counsel. And you would not know my reproof. I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock at you when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall ye call upon me, but I will not answer they shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they hated, the knowledge, they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. You know, people can hear and they can refuse. They can reject. They can ignore. They can say, you know what? Hey, someday, maybe one day. You know, sadly, I wonder how many that say, you know, one day, someday, never have a day. No, Felix said, if I, when I have a convenient season, I'll call for thee. When it's convenient for me to be saved, I'll call for you and call upon you. God's provision for salvation is for today. It's for when you're alive. Most of you have heard of Dale Earnhardt before. You remember Dale Earnhardt, maybe 
Maybe some of the young never heard of Dale Earnhardt. But he was a NASCAR racer. In 2001, Daytona ended with tragedy. Dale Earnhardt went out into eternity. And he was one of those drivers back then. You didn't have to wear a protective device if you didn't want to while you're driving. You think that's crazy. I mean, looking back, that's just 25 years ago. But uh, they had a protective uh, device back then called the Hans, the head, neck, safety device. And you could drive with that on or you could drive with it off. He preferred to have it off. And guess what? He wasn't wearing it. His car went into lost control. And he went out into eternity. I'm not saying he would be alive today, but you know, you've heard of crashes now today. And certainly, again, you know, with NASCAR races and, and other events like that, where someone gets in a crash, the, the car turns over and over, and they survive it. You say, why do they survive? Because they have the Hans device on. This head, neck, safety device on and protects them. I mean, it doesn't protect the car and all those things, but they survive. You know, it's like people trying to go to heaven without having Christ. Not being saved. It's like, well, I don't need it. I, I, simply, I simply will do without it. I can get through life easier without it. I can drive better because it doesn't keep me it doesn't restrict me. It doesn't hinder me. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6. I mean, see, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I want to just encourage you, Christian, here today. And I want to encourage you as a lost person, if you're lost here today, to consider the matters of the gift of salvation and the gift that is in you. These two things are so important in the lives of not only you, but other people. As we look at here in Ephesians chapter 4, what is our responsibility as Christians? Our responsibility is to warn and to be, in a sense, a spiritual watchman. To, in a sense, be our brother's keeper. In a sense, to be in a position where we're seeking to be a good friend to some maybe that needs a friend. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, it says, But speaking the truth of love may grow up into all things, which is the head, even Christ. What's the goal of Christian maturity? It's to speak the truth in love. The truth, because the truth will set you free. Love, because people need to see that you have compassion. You truly care about them by telling them the truth. You know, we can neglect to tell people about uh, salvation, and yet at the same time, we can tell them about all kinds of other things. We can talk to them maybe about politics and certainly politics is, you know, a hot matter on a lot of people's front. We could talk to people maybe about uh, sports and all kinds of things. We could talk to them about entertainment. We could talk to them about our job and we could talk to them about their family. But that worker at work, that neighbor next to you, that person again that you see face to face, that brother, that sister, that cousin, whatever they need to hear, they need to hear there is one way of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ and we can be saved through him. They need to hear that. And they need to hear us speak the truth in love. 
in love. The watchman sounded the trumpet because he loved his city. The Christian sounds the trumpet because he desires to show love to those in his community. And these are so important. Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. You say, why, why should I give warning? Well, I think it, this is explained here in, in the other text that we looked at at the beginning of the message and where we see the word neglect found in the Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 4. And uh, sorry, 1 Timothy chapter 4. I said 2 Timothy. That would be the wrong book to go to. But anyways, 1 Timothy chapter 4 at verse number 14, the Bible says, and Paul is writing to Timothy who is, has been uh, called in the ministry, is, is, is serving in ministry, and, and seeking to tell other people about Jesus. He's part of Paul's missionary team, and, and he's now in a position, I, I believe, of being a pastor, and he's saying, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which is given to thee by the presbytery, by the laying hand of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that they profiting may be to all. Take heed to thyself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in, this, in doing this, thou shalt save thyself and them that hear thee. So why would someone give warning? So they might be saved. So they might be saved. Timothy was called to reach other people with the gospel. Christians are called to reach other people with the gospel. Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. That's God's overall goal for us to be fishers of men. Christ has no hands. There's a poem that says Christ has that no hands but our hands to do his work today. He has no feet but our feet to lead people in the way. He has no tongue but our tongue to tell them how he died. He has no help but our help to bring them to his side. We need to be in a position of trying to warn and to, again, use our gift. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. Neglect not that great salvation. Again, it can be damaging and destructive to not take heed to the warning. But let me encourage you, Christian, don't be in a position of neglect. Don't neglect, especially when it comes to spiritual matters. We could talk a lot more about this, but let's just close here. Uh, this morning as we consider this thought of neglect. Don't neglect the gift of salvation. Don't neglect the gift that is in you to be able to tell others about him. All right, let's pray as we consider this thought.